All right. Well, I want to I want to just for a second hang out uh, in the place of of what we just celebrated, celebrating communion together. And I and I want to I want to go back to that and communion set in in the in the context of a meal. So I want us to think about, we just celebrated a big meal together. We're sitting around the table. The kids are off playing. The dishes are still on the table. And we've got a, got a few minutes just to catch our breath and visit for a second. You following me? The, both the, the, the song that the worship team led and then the very, the very act of eating his body, his broken body, drinking his shed blood, that's, that's steeped in covenant. Jesus said, this is the blood of my covenant. A, a, a promise that is, that is founded upon God's character, His faithfulness. And, and the, song, the song that we sang was, was, gave us a picture of marriage, the marital covenant of God's faithfulness to His bride, His covenant faithfulness. And I just want to say to you that we are a covenant people. That's our identity. We, we, as we are baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death and raised to walk in newness of life. That word, baptizo, is the same word that they use of die, of immersed, immersed in a cloth, immersed in dye, and brought out with taking on the, the property of that dye. We are, we're immersed in Christ and we, are people of his covenant. And one thing about that, about covenant that is so amazing is that all of a sudden, we have a whole lot in common. We got 200 people in this room and all of a sudden as we're following Jesus because we're people of covenant, we've got a whole lot in common. Just like that. Our identity, our purpose, where we're going, why we're going there. But another thing that's so amazing about covenant is that it frees us to celebrate the beauty of of the uniqueness and giftings of every individual in this room. And it frees us to celebrate the beauty of the cultures represented in this room. Do you hear me there? We're people of covenant and we need each other. And, and one thing that happens when we when we grow when we when we come into a room and as his people of covenant as as a diverse people is all of a sudden we can't just hang our hat on what's comfortable and what's normal because we got a whole lot of of different comfortable and normals right so what it does is it forces us to come to center and center's not not our culture center's not what's comfortable but center is Jesus himself right that's what, that's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what eating his broken body and drinking his shed blood is, is coming to center. This is our center. And I just want you to say we're, we're celebrating Jesus as his body, and we're celebrating what it looks like to grow in the expression of who his people are. And we need that. Do you know, do you know that, that redeemed covenant life looks a little bit different when you grew up in a different place and speak a different language. Do you know that? We need that as the body. That's an expression of who God is. And when we when, when we put when we put different cultures and different experiences together, all of a sudden we see more of who God has made us to be as his people and we see more of him. 
Do we want that? Yes, we want it. We want it. And so today the theme, the theme of, of uh, the, the message is, is about radical hospitality. And, and as we're going to two services. But I want you to know that radical hospitality is all about the culture of the house that, that people are being invited into. The culture of the family that we're inviting people to come into. And just as we say, I finally found where I belong, that's, an, that, that, that's something that we're each declaring. But when you've got a whole room full of people, you've got a family that's saying, we found where we belong, and we want to invite other people that, to, on this journey that we're on. Amen? Amen. So Jesus, as we open up your word, or your word, we open up our hearts to you, and we say, make us yours. Make us one as you are one. Lord Jesus, would you allow the gifts that you put in this room to flow through the power of your spirit? And Lord, we want to, we want to be radically hospitable, radical to the point that, that it upends culture, it upends value systems and proclaims the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is near, it's at hand. kingdom of God is near. Jesus, we celebrate you. Thank you that we're your people. We're yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. So where, where I want to start out as we as we talk about hospitalities, I want to I want to share uh, two two tidbits of of testimonies. One's really specific to uh, to part of my my journey, and one is a little bit broader. Um, but this past week, we uh, a couple weeks ago, as a staff, we have we have times once a month where staff from all three of our Antioch congregations come together, and and uh, one of the one of the pastors, Brian Carlson. Just as we were showing what's going on in different communities, he said, hey, something's going on up on the North Shore. He said there's this whole group of churches that have, that have come together and more are being added on a regular basis who have kids who don't have a home on their heart, specifically the foster care system. And, and uh, there's, there's networking going on, and there's, uh, but there's this prayer that this group of churches have all decided to pray on a weekly basis, and we, uh, the harbor, which is our Antioch, uh, our Antioch congregation in Beverly, that we're praying on a, on a weekly basis too. And uh, I, I knew because I talked, uh, Keith Forty and I had, had and, and uh, we have we have a team. I'm getting ahead of myself, but we had just visited with a couple of guys who have started a ministry in New England to support the church in, foster, in the fostering kids and partnering with DCF. And they had said, there's something going on on the North Shore. We, we, we have been networking in New England, and we're wanting to help the church cultivate a culture of biblical hospitality. And we thought, the, you know, the, the, the journey we had laid out is going to take four, five, six years. But something's happened on the North Shore that's just been months, and we can't explain it. <laughs> that, that, that partnerships across the board, including families bringing kids into their homes is happening. And, and, it's, and local leaders are standing up and taking notice. The church is engaged. And, and when, I, when I heard that, I said to Keith, 
when you look at Scripture, especially in the in, in Old Testament as the prophets are in, engaging with Israel, God said, a barometer of your heart towards me is how, you're, how you are treating the widow, the orphan, the sojourner, the poor. That's a, that's a barometer of where your heart is with me. And I said, is a revival going on on the North Shore? Are these the precursors of revival going on? And, and there's things that are happening in us on the, on the same level of opening up our hearts and homes in, in radical hospitality, of, of bringing a diverse people together and saying, okay, let's figure out how to work this out. There are things, there are things that, are, that are happening that I'm saying is revival. Is revival, are we getting little tastes of revival? And I, and I think it's happening. And I think we need to open our hearts and listen to the Lord and say, okay, where you're taking us might not be easy uh, and, and it might be hard, but we're willing to go there because we want what you have. Second, second uh, piece, that, and, and just connected with that, we uh, moved our foster daughter into uh, college yesterday, which is an exciting time. She was, she was with us for about four months, so we just had this precious little snippet in Tiana's life, but we got to move her into college, and I uh, just want to thank you for the way that you've loved on our family, loved on her, and she has absorbed a lot of love, and it's been a beautiful journey for us. Um, so that's one, one testimony. Another testimony that I wanted to highlight in the context of, of biblical hospitality is uh, several years ago, I got an email from a, an incoming student at Brandeis saying, I'm, I, I'm coming from, uh, I'm moving, moving to the U.S. from Asia. I don't know anybody. I'm a follower of Jesus. I need a place to stay. And, uh, and so uh, I, I think I, I might have said I might have sent a reply back. I can't remember, but but he showed up on Sunday morning when school started. Uh, Shazad, I don't know if you all know Shazad and Mary, but Shazad came and and and, and we met, and uh, immediately uh, he invited me over to where he was staying, and and so we we went over to to the house that he was staying at. He had he had rented a room at a house in Newton, and. Uh, after a day or two of being in a bedroom at this house where he had rented, the owner had kicked him into a little closet and said, oh, I need this room. So you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you just need to stay in this little closet. And he didn't, he didn't have any, 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 he just got here. So he didn't have any bearings of what, what he should do at that point. So he was living in, in the closet at that point. But he invited me in and with joy, he he went. He ran downstairs and pulled out some juice out of the fridge. He had brought some uh, some pine nuts that are a specialty from his from his home. Uh, you know, these gourmet fresh nuts, and and he served me in his home, and it was a precious time to connect uh, with this new brother, and and he was showing me hospitality, and and in that moment, I I, I knew two things were happening. Uh, one that as a, as as a brother we were connecting as brothers in Christ and there was something that was that was really sweet there but two an expression of of who Shazad was and his culture in the context of the body of Christ was coming out and it was beautiful and 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 I I I don't I don't I don't I, I, at some point I want I want Shazad and Mary to be able to unpack their journey uh, here in the U S because it's a it's he is he is taking a, a a bold stand on some things in his family. Uh, there's there's some cost to his family, uh, but I, if any of you have met Shazad and Mary, you're going to know that they are hospitable. 
They, are, they, have, they have opened their homes, uh, their home to, to my family and to many other families. And it's just a beautiful expression of being in a place that is not necessarily their own, but opening their hearts and welcoming people in, into their lives and, and initiating in the context of, of hospitality. So I want to come back to, to these two stories in a second, but first I want to open the word. We're going to read out of Genesis 12. There's, there's, two, there's two covenants uh, that I want to that I just want to highlight before we read here. This is this is the Abrahamic covenant that we're getting ready to di- getting ready to dive into. God making a co- making a covenant with Abraham, and not just Abraham, but Abraham's descendants, many of whom are sitting in this room, right? <laughs> uh, and and then the the Mosaic covenant. But but I want to go back to the Mosaic covenant real quick. Over and over in the Old Testament, when God is saying, and I feel like a lot of times when I'm standing in front of you, I'm, you probably know what I'm getting ready to say. But as, as God is talking to his people as to the why of radical hospitality, he says, because you were slaves in Egypt, because you have tasted of bondage, and I redeemed you with my strong right hand, because you've tasted of, of, of redemption, that's why you're to be radically hospitable. And so our hospitality flows out of our own experience of the gospel. We have been redeemed. We have been redeemed and called to live as uh, as ministers of reconciliation, of restoration, of redemption. Amen? Okay, this is another expression of that. First, verse, verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, and your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. Where's, where's God calling Abraham to go? Where, where's he calling him to go? You can, you can respond. Where? Is he saying? Where I tell you to go. <laughs> he's not even telling him where he's going to go. He said, I want you to leave your family and go to a place that I'll show you. And then he makes a promise. I'm going I'm to bless you. I'm going to bless you and your descendants to the point that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So th- this, this, this Abrahamic covenant that God is initiating, and we're going to go to, to chapter 15 where, where God literally cuts covenant with Abraham and his descendants. This, this, is, this is the framework of the Messianic covenant, right? I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to the nations. That's why God blesses us, right? Yes, he loves you, and he delights in pouring out blessing on you. And, and, and as we're getting ready to see here in a second, blessing <laughs> in Abraham's uh, context is going to be 400 years of slavery. <laughs> so, so blessing doesn't necessarily always mean it's going to be easy, right? But, but, but 
blessed to be a blessing. We just sang that at the, at the end, at the end of uh, my Jesus, I love you. I love because you love me. This is the basis of our hospitality as we were, we were blessed so that we could be a blessing. All right, now turn, turn over into uh, chapter 15. And, uh, a lot happens in between in between uh, uh, twelve and fifteen, and uh, it, it, the journey is immediately a vulnerable one. Right? Abraham Abraham leaves his clan and he lives as a nomad, which puts him in a very vulnerable place, to the point which he lies to protect his own hide because he's afraid that everything he has, his life and everything he has, is going to be taken away, and God in His grace redeems that situation. And it actually does it a couple times, right? Uh, Abraham, he, he, Abraham, a- Abram, we're, we're still in the Abram territory. Abraham, Abram is no slouch, right? Because when, when his cousin gets carried off and all their stuff, he pulls out his sword and just a few guys goes and whoops up on the raiders that, that captured their family to, to, to get his family back. So in the context of, of this promise and this blessing, life is not easy for Abram and his family. But there's, but there's promise here. Okay, verse 1 of chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you've given me no offspring, and a member of my own household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir, for your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look towards heaven and and number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. He says, Abraham, fear not. I am your shield. I'm your protection. And I am your reward. And I want, I want to say in the context of being blessed to be a blessing, in the context of the Lord being our protection and our reward, that, that's what frees us to be radically hospitable, right? Because we don't have to be afraid that we're going to run out. If we, enter, if we enter into a messy situation and give things that we don't actually have ourselves, we're not going to run out. We're not going to run out. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. And in that context, we're going to see, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna see we're, our own weaknesses, our own sin patterns are going to be highlighted and, 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 and escalated. Any of you who, have, who get married and then have kids, <laughs> you experience that in, in part. But we enter, we enter into the brokenness of others, and we realize even more that, whoa, I've got issues. It's not just you need Jesus. We need Jesus. Right? And so we, 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 don't, we can't just jump headlong being emo- with emotions being our motivator. Because if that, we're going to crash and burn and emotions are not going to be enough to sustain us. We have to have something solid underneath us to sustain us when we follow Jesus. Abraham needed something more solid than himself 
to enter in, to, to follow God into this covenant, right? We need something more solid than our, than our own selves, our own motivation, our own love for justice or passion for justice to sustain us in this journey of being radically hospitable. And it's him. He, he is the one. It's not a method, but it's him. It, he is our reward. He is our protection. And does that mean that we don't have to, to, to wrestle with anxiety? No, we do. When, when we take steps to obey, we are going to wrestle with fear. And fear is not going to win the day. We're going we're gonna to have to wrestle with what is my center? What, and what, what, are, what are my idols? What are, what are my solutions that I, that I default to that aren't Jesus? We're going to have to wrestle with it. But with the Spirit of God inside us, that is not our default. That's not where we, He has called us to live. And it's going to be a refining process as we go. For me, it's, it's been a refining process. I, I, I just thought about uh, this morning. Uh, I was out of college. was was a part of a group of, of young adults, uh, college and, and, and young adults mixed together. And we were radically going for it. And uh, our number two were being added to add our number were being added to on a regular basis it was growing we were excited and uh, our, our, there was this guy who, who came who was, who was coming out of addiction and uh, immediately one of the group said hey I want, I want you come live with me and uh, and so we were, we were excited about it we were just we were, we were blowing and going and within a couple weeks uh, the, the the gentleman that moved in with him had robbed him and, and disappeared. And, and the guy that had invited into his home, I don't know what his journey has been at that point. He, he said, this is too much for me. Uh, this, this whole Jesus thing, God thing, is too much for me. And he walked away from the Lord. Now, and I want to believe that it, it was just something he was wrestling with. I, 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 I haven't kept track with him. But it's hard. It's hard. Uh, I, I, we do story time in, in, our, in our family on a, on a nightly basis. And, uh, and, uh, two nights ago, I, I told a story that I, I bring out when I'm tired, I bring out one of the golden, the golden oldies. Uh, uh, I, I lived in India for a time, uh, partnering with a, a children's center there and I was poisoned. Uh, and a buddy of mine almost died. Uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And, 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 and so those are, those are easy stories to tell because it's not necessarily through a mistake of my own, but. Sarah and I, we, we've made mistakes in the process of, of trying to be radically hospitable. Just think about Tiana coming to live with us. She's a teenager. We've never been parents to a teenager before. She needed more grace probably than we did because we're learning our way through parenting with a teenager in our home. There's, there, the learning curve is steep. It's steep. And we can offend each other in the process. We can hurt each other. But there's a foundation underneath this, and it's God. It's His character. For the sake of time, I I, I just want to go right to to one one critical point. I want to I want to highlight. Over the over the over the summer, there's uh, been a, a small group of people meeting to talk about what does it look like for our, our body to be united in the context of, of diversity, specifically dealing with issues of reconciliation and racism. 
Pierce, remind me the, the, the title we came up with at the beginning. I should ask you this beforehand. Race, racism, reconciliation, and redemption within the context of his church. And uh, so this is just a, just, a, just a little step in the journey of, of our church growing in what it means to be united and diverse. But it's been, it's been very significant. So we blocked out big chunks of time to get together and, and talk about what's our own journeys been? What, what's going on inside of here? What's happen, what do we see happening within the context of Antioch Waltham? And what's, what's the Lord calling us to as a body? And, and one, one area of discussion that, that has come up multiple times that, that I want to share with you, and it really relates to radical hospitality. And when I go back to this, this picture of, of covenant that I, uh, that I painted at the very beginning, a diverse group of people filled with the Spirit, given, given unique giftings and passions. That's true, right? Every, every, every person that's His is filled with His Spirit, Uniquely gifted. One of the challenges is is that when, when we when we when we come to the way that we relate to each other in the context of there is a dominant culture, right? And it's white. That, that's that's the way that's the way it is at Antioch Waltham right now, and that's the way it, it is in America as a whole. May not stay that way forever, but that's the way it is now. But the dominant culture defines what is normal, what's comfortable, what's expected, right? It's just kind of the way it is. That's the, the dominant culture kind of bleeds into the way things are done. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's right or wrong. It's just, that's, that's, what, that's what happens. <clears throat> that's not the culture of God's family, that whatever the majority culture is rules. That's not the way it works in the kingdom, and so what that means for us is there is a giving and receiving that happens in hospitality, right? It's not just a matter of, I talked about, the reason I shared about Shazad and his family is when Shazad came, he came in a place of needing some help, right? He was a, new, he was a newcomer in, in the country and figuring out how to, navigating thing, how to navigate things. Does that, does that, the fact that he need, needed help, does that mean he wasn't smart? No, he's brilliant. Does that mean he's a, he, there's something weak about him or inherently less about him? Absolutely not. But in the, in the context of our relationship, he was, he was giving, and I was immediately challenged. Am I willing to receive? Because there can be some pride, right? For me to, if, if, I'm, if I want to be in control, then receiving causes me to let my guard down. To, there, there's, a, there's a humility even in receiving, right? There should be. Giving and receiving. So, so what I'm trying to say is, is, are we willing to receive? We, when I'm saying we, the white majority, are we, are we willing to receive what our brothers and sisters who are different from us in culture, in ethnicity, in language, are we willing to receive what they have to offer? Yes, we are. And because, because we are the dominant culture, we have to express that in a, ve- in a very tangible, in a humble way so that they know that there is a place for them. And I want you to say there is a place for them, and it's not because we're saying, yeah, we want it. It's, there's a place for them because God has said there is. And in his kingdom, the white people don't have a majority. 
<laughs> he said, this is, this is my kingdom. And he gives us a glimpse of it, that every nation, every tongue, every tribe will be standing before the throne of God, worshiping him. And I believe that there will be beautiful, redeemed expressions of those cultures. It will not be a cultureless worship time around that throne, but there will be expressions of the beauty of who God has created us to be. But there, we have some work to do because our brothers and sisters need to know that as the majority culture, that there is a place for them. It's something as simple as in mom connection, that the, 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 women, the women get, to, get together once a week, uh, for the, the moms get together once a week. And it's been, a, it's been a, an incredible, significant uh, journey for, for the moms in our church. For, for someone to know, what kind of, if I'm asked to bring snacks, what kind of snacks should I bring? Because if I bring what I enjoy, are they going to think that I'm strange? Are they going to like it? Is, is something simple as just something, a, a food to enjoy, is that going to be rejected? Not, not in a harsh way, but it's, it's a vulnerable thing. Do you see what I'm saying? Just something that simple. Or I'm, something that I have to offer is me. And if my name is not necessarily easy to, to pronounce or easy to remember, even, is even my name a barrier to, to, to people receiving from me? Are you following what I'm sharing? So that there's, there's, there's work that we have to do. And it's, it's hard because, okay, so tell us how to do that because we don't exactly know how to do that. We're on that journey. But I want you to know that in, in the context of friendships and in the context of, of interactions both in the church but outside, but in this building, but especially outside, we have to be proactive in, make, in, in making space, not because, not because we're doing a noble thing, and, and, and we're up here and somebody else is down there because in order for us to exist as God has created us to, to be, that's what we have to do. And so it means humbling ourselves. It means humbling ourselves. And so we're gonna, there's, there's, gonna, be, there's gonna be some practical um, ways for us to respond to this in, in, coming, in coming weeks um, there's one way I want to, uh, one practical I want to unpack it with right now, and invite the worship team to come up. Time goes fast. God's called us to give radically and to receive radically in the form of hospitality, our homes, our lives. And uh, I had I, I I came I came with um, probably three sermons worth of of scriptures and notes, <laughs> and uh, and I left the passage out that I was most passionate about because I think there's going to be a time for it here in a, here in a few weeks for us to go even deeper into what it looks like for us to live radically hospitable. You know, Sean's, Sean, uh, I forgot to say, Sean's out of town. He's at a, he's at a, a family wedding in Nashville that week, this week. So that's why, why he's out. But this, 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 is, this is a journey for us. And the way I want us to, in, to invite us uh, in responding is in the resources and the blessings that God has given you. And I first want you to think about who you are, the passions that he's put inside you, 
the dreams that he's put inside you, the things, the things that he's given you like home, family. Would you offer those up to him right now and say, God, how are you calling me to be a blessing? One, would you open my eyes to those right around me for me to, to enter into their lives and invite them to enter into mine? And two, who are you calling me to go after? There's the one right in front of you and there's, there's those that the Lord is calling you to go seek out. There's people that are in, in this city that are crying out for him. They are crying out and he's saying, I want you to go find them. So offering up what we have, who we are, and saying, Lord, who's the person in front of me? Who do you want me to go find? And it takes time. Can I say that that's probably the biggest thing for you to lay on, lay before his feet right now is it takes time. Lots of time. And I want you to, say, I want you to know that this past week, there's multiple times where I, where I was like, Lord, I'm stressing over things. I'm spending time on things that don't feel central to your kingdom. I got mad at my wife this past week because of I didn't feel like my son was up to snuff in his reading. He's starting, he's starting, he's starting school tomorrow doing a, 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 a hybrid homeschool uh, in, in classroom school, and I got upset because I feel like we didn't do enough. And I was really pointing it at her. You didn't do enough to help him get to the point of reading. He's doing awesome. He's doing awesome. But I got stressed out about something that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And we stress out about those things. I stress out about those things all the time. Making time for academics. Making time for sports. Making time for... This past week, the elders talked for an hour about the new bathrooms. And you're, you're, when, when, you, when, you, when you experience them, you'll say Amen. <laughs> But there's things that are central. There's things that are at the center of God's heart and at the center of his kingdom. And I want to say that radical hospitality is at the center of his kingdom. So there, there, there's a deeper, a more central place that he wants his, his kingdom to take in my heart than whether my son is going to ace some test. And is my son supposed to be a priority for me? Yes, it is. But my anger showed that this past week towards my wife, my anger showed that something was twisted inside here in my value system that wasn't right. Does that make sense? So Lord, let's let's stand up. Lord, we want to offer all that we have and all that we are. Lord, we receive from you saying that you've blessed us and you, you will continue to bless us so that we could be a blessing. So, Lord, would you show us who you want us to be a blessing to? It's got to be practical. So, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would speak through the power of your spirit. Specifically, who are you calling each one of us to initiate with, to make room for? People right in front of us and people that we're going to have to listen to your spirit to go find. And then, Lord, we open our hearts and ask you to teach us what it means to be your body. Being able to give and receive 
from each other so that we can then give and receive in the community in our cities around us, Lord. We need to grow. We need to learn. And you have to be in the middle of that, God. You have to be in the middle of it. Lord, there's an angst in my heart right now that if there's not action we don't if we don't make decisions and actually take steps in these areas then we're missing something 